I'm Sheena, former miserable corporate attorney turned full-time calligrapher and creative entrepreneur. I used to feel like I was living my life for other people, and now I am more true to myself than ever. And each week, I'm sharing a short but powerful lesson that I've learned on that journey. So if you're looking for a way to get more creativity and possibility into your life, you're so in the right place. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to The Sheena Show. If you are watching this on YouTube, you will notice I have upped the video <laughs> game on this. I will tell you the truth. I was just using my iPhone for the previous episodes because you know what? I just wanted to get it out there instead of trying to get it perfect from the get-go. And that's what I'm gonna be talking about today is perfectionism. If you have ever identified as a perfectionist, whether you think that's a positive thing about your personality or if it's something that you wanna change, you're gonna to wanna to keep listening because I have a little bit of a reframe for you. Before we get in sort, into sort of like the reframe, I gotta tell you, I am such a former perfectionist. This is why I wanted to talk about this subject. Growing up, I can totally see where it came from. I really, I come from a Korean American family. I had to get straight A's all through school. No B's, no B pluses, even A minuses were like, you could have done better. This is a funny story. I actually remember, clearly remember my mother arguing with my fourth grade teacher because I had gotten a B plus in, you're never gonna guess the subject. It's the most ironical thing that maybe you're gonna hear today. I got a B plus in penmanship. <laughs> and my mom was like, this, this, this ruins your perfect record, fourth grade. So she went in and tried to argue with the teacher and the teacher stood her ground and I got a B plus in penmanship. So, I mean, the perfectionism runs like real deep, you know, back to my childhood. And it continued on when I was practicing corporate law. So I was in this big corporate law firm working with, you know, huge corporate, corporate clients. And there was something to be said for when I was a lawyer, we had to get some of that shit right. It was very important. There were cases that we heard of where a misplaced comma would cost the client lots of money because it changed the meaning of things. Like, So there were definitely aspects of the law practice where we really had to get things perfect. But then on the other hand, I also remember staying up really late at night and staying late in the office combing through a 500-page document looking for double spaces at the end of each period, which has no bearing on the meaning of the contract, right? So here's what I want to break down. There's kind of two ways to look at perfectionism, right? Number one view, perfectionism is a good thing. This is what I believe for most of my life and like into my mid-30s. It's what got me where I am today. It's what sets my standard of excellence. It's why I do really, really good work. It's maybe why we have so many cool things in the world, right? It was people just being really perfectionist. And then here's view number two. Perfectionism is just hiding. It's actually a negative thing. It's focusing so much on getting all those little details perfect that you never put anything out into the world and you just kind of hide behind your perfectionism all the time. So there's kind of two ways to look at perfectionism, right? And I wanted to dive into that and break it down a bit more and do a bit of a reframe. So 
what is the difference between those two kinds of perfectionism? Looking back at my life and just, you know, looking at all of my students who have learned calligraphy with me, just all of my life experience, I feel like it comes down to the way perfectionism makes you feel. The way that perfectionism feels to you. Because let's kind of bring it back to calligraphy, right? That's what I do for a living. I know calligraphers who are so into perfecting and they don't call it perfecting, but they call it continuously improving and aiming for perfection in their scripts. Just really getting in there and getting, you know, the swells exactly right and the angles exactly right and just refining and refining and refining. That is a kind of perfectionism, right? But it makes them feel fulfilled, in flow, joyful, like they look forward to that. It's really something that they enjoy doing. So that's the feeling that comes with that kind of perfectionism. And then I have run into many, many calligraphers, many of my students included, me included, who look at perfectionism in a way that feels very different. And that is this, I'm never going to be good enough. Oh my God, look at that other calligrapher over there. Look how beautiful beautiful their stuff looks. I'm never going to be that way. Okay, I better hunker down and just keep practicing. And I can't show this to anyone until it gets, you know, way more perfect. No way can I make an Instagram account or start selling things or even making gifts for my family. Like I got to make sure this is perfect first. And that feels really different, right? The first approach is, hey, this is kind of joyful. This is, I love doing this. I can't wait to sit down and perfect things. And the second one is a very, is a much different, ooh, I have to get it perfect or else. So there's a difference in feeling. And I feel like going even a level further, that comes from a difference in the end goal of that perfectionism. Here's the main distinction that I see is that perfectionism tied to your worth as a human being? That's the question. Because if you answer no to that question, my perfectionism, nope, not tied to my worth as a human being, then that looks like, ooh, look at that S. That's a really perfect S. I really want my S to look that way. All right, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna practice, I'm gonna get really lost into it, I'm gonna celebrate when I make little you know, progress towards it. This is awesome. But if your answer is yes, my perfectionism is tied to my worth as a human being, that's gonna look like, oh, look at that S. I'm never gonna get there. So I just am gonna feel bad about myself and force myself to practice and force myself to do, you know, maybe drills that I don't wanna do so that maybe I can get there. And maybe once I get there, maybe I'll finally feel good about myself and be able to put things out into the world. But it actually never happens, right? There's always another goalpost. Okay, so here is the bottom line the difference between those two kinds of perfectionism that feel very different and that come from a very different place. I call it inspired perfectionism versus insecure perfectionism. Inspired perfectionism, I feel like, is an amazing thing where you truly just want to perfect something for the joy of perfecting it, but it has no bearing on your worth as a human being. If you don't perfect it, it's just a challenge for a new day. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or a less worthy person. But insecure perfection, I unfortunately see so, so much of in my calligraphy students. And I get so many messages from, from you all, just people who follow me, who are in my audience, who 
want to do calligraphy. They're really curious about it. They want to maybe follow the path that I'm on and do calligraphy as a side hustle or for a living, but they can't get over that initial fear of what if I'm just not good at it? What if I can't get it perfect? Look at all the amazing calligraphers out there. I'm never going to be that good. And that definitely feels like insecure perfectionism. I see this distinction kind of play out in my students all the time. So I have one kind of student, this one student over here, maybe her calligraphy isn't the most technically perfect or objectively, you know, clean or consistent, but she is loving the journey and she's celebrating when she gets a little bit better and she's feeling happy about her progress. And that gives her the energy and the drive and the motivation to actually put her stuff out there. So she does, she just like starts an Instagram, starts um, selling calligraphy to her friends, but also continuously learning. Like she's on this journey where she kind of keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and her calligraphy eventually does get better. I see a lot of students take this path. And then I see other students take this path where maybe their calligraphy is more technically or objectively consistent, clean, angles line up, the downstrokes are the same size, all that stuff. But they feel so insecure about their calligraphy that they're constantly criticizing themselves. They can never share their work. They never manage to put themselves out there in the way that they want to. And calligraphy becomes to them just this exercise in forced drills and practice to try and get to a place where they feel good about it. You know what happens a lot to this type of student, they eventually give up because that's, it's not fun. That's, you know, not a joyful, um, inspired way to practice calligraphy. Here is the great thing. Those two types of students, the way they're successful with their calligraphy has nothing to do with their calligraphy talent or artistry, or if they have a steady hand versus a shaky hand. It has everything to do with how they think and feel about themselves and their calligraphy practice and the whole journey. That's kind of mind blowing, right? Because that's really great news. It means that even if you think you're not talented enough or artistic enough or creative enough or you have good enough handwriting, even if you think that, you could still be really successful with your calligraphy. It all depends on how you think and feel about it, which is an amazing thing because with that right thinking and attitude about it, you can actually improve and get way better at those things that maybe you think you don't have. The talent, the artistry, the steady handedness, that all comes with the right practice. That all comes with sticking with it and being inspired to continue on. So let's wrap this up by going back to that just initial example of law and how inspired perfectionism versus insecure perfectionism might play out there. Because that's a pretty crystal clear example, right? Of you got to get some of that stuff right in a contract. That's your job as a lawyer. That's how you're going to serve your client. But if you were acting under inspired perfectionism, you could be an amazing focused lawyer that knows how to really hone in on that important shit. The really crucial elements, the way that the actual important parts of the contract play out and have meaning, 
that stuff, you can focus in on that and get that stuff exactly right. And forget about the double spaces because that's not important. That feels like a really good lawyer versus insecure perfectionism, which is not being able to prioritize that so much because everything has to be perfect and spending nights at the office and spending extra hours and wearing yourself down and becoming tired, focusing on all the double spaces and the, you know, capitalized terms and the stuff that doesn't really matter, but you have to get it right because it means something about yourself as a lawyer or a human being. So even in an arena like corporate law, where it is actually really important to get some stuff perfect, you can approach it in an inspired perfectionism way, or you can approach it in a insecure perfectionism way. That's just an example of how you could do this with anything. If you're really curious about calligraphy, for example, let the insecure perfectionism go. Identify it first, right? If that feels like, hmm, that might be where I'm coming from. Identify it first and then try and let it go and reach for inspired perfectionism instead. Try not to hang your worth on getting it all perfect, especially in the beginning. Instead, follow your curiosity with calligraphy. Celebrate your little wins. Know that you're going to get better. Do things that feel joyful and fun, even if they're not perfect right away, because who cares? And remember every single step of the way that you are a hundred percent worthy, no matter what is happening between your calligraphy nib and paper. I hope if you can approach calligraphy that way and not let the insecure perfectionism stop you, the possibilities are infinite. (laughs) You know what you could do with your calligraphy. You could reach your goals and go way beyond them. That's what happened with me. That's what I wanted to break down for you today. Inspired perfectionism versus insecure perfectionism. Before you go saying, hey, I'm a perfectionist, that's a good thing or a bad thing, or, you know, I want to get rid of that. Think about which of those two camps you fall in. Is that something you want to change? Is that something maybe you can approach the world differently if you reframed a little bit? I hope this has been helpful. I hope you're loving the new (laughs) video quality. And as always, stay on that crooked creative path. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you're interested in learning calligraphy and you want to do it for free, I have a calligraphy workshop that I created just for you. I know how frustrating it is to buy the wrong tools, to not know how to use them for everything coming out of your pen to look like nonsense. That's why I created this training. It's about an hour long. It shows you exactly what tools to buy, how to prep those tools, how to get started right, and how to continue practicing so that you actually get good at calligraphy. And bonus, it will tell you a little bit more about how to continue working with me if you want to learn calligraphy from me. So that's at freecalligraphyworkshop.com. All one word, freecalligraphyworkshop.com. Hope to see you inside. Oh, you're still here. That's awesome. That means that you like the show, right? Thank you for listening to the end. And I want to ask you a really quick favor. Could you take two seconds right now, literally right now, to just leave a rating on this podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, write a one sentence review. It really helps more people like you to find this show. You are awesome. I'll see you next time.